I just wanted to make an extended notice uh, today. If you, how many people read the blog? Eye roll emoji. <laughs> um, if that's fine, it gets longer and longer every week. I know. I write it. Um, if you don't normally read the blog, please read the one this week. It's really, really important, and it is intended for absolutely everybody in the church. And it is about safeguarding. Um, you may have seen some additional or renewed news in the, in the news this week about Soul Survivor. I'm not really going to talk about that this week. It, it's coincidental that we're talking about that today. But it, again, it raises, again, some of the issues around safe church. Um, and so what I wanted to do is one of the things in coming back off sabbatical uh, for, for a couple of reasons, which I won't go into now. Um, it's really important that we raise the awareness of safeguarding for the whole church. Um, because it is everybody's responsibility to make this place safe. Uh, and so it's just really to say that. So we've got a line here. Everyone protects boundaries and vulnerabilities by reporting. I still don't know if that's cheesy or not. But it captures really some of the five main elements of being a safe church. Now, it is undeniable that the church in the past has not been safe. And there are survivors who bear those scars today. So the reason this is important is to make sure, as far as is possible, that that doesn't continue to happen. So it's really, really important. Everyone protects boundaries and vulnerabilities by reporting. So it's everyone's responsibility. There's, a, there's, there's always a risk, and there has been for many years, that we've got clergy, we've got parish support, uh, safeguarding officers, and we've, we've filled in the paperwork to get a DBS. So we've ticked the box, therefore we've done what we need to do. Actually, it's so much more than that. It's about having a culture of being aware of concerns, which means it's everybody. Now, different people would, would react in different ways if there were a concern, but it's everybody's responsibility to be the eyes, the ears, and it says they're the heart of a safe church. So this is for everyone here and everyone who's not here. So everyone, protect. Safe Church intends to protect the vulnerable and the innocent. That's really important. Because there's this kind of narrative which is, oh, we couldn't do that because of safeguarding. And it's like it's this negative thing. And, you know, it's, it's understandable because sometimes we can't do things in the way we want to because of the things that we put in place. But we put them in place for two reasons. One, to protect the vulnerable, and that is primarily children, anybody under the age of 18, and those who are over the age of 18 who have some form of vulnerability. Um, it's to protect them, but it's also to protect the innocent. So to give an example, we say that you shouldn't be on your own with a child. Now, if a child is harmed, they fall over or you know, whatever happens, and there's nobody else there to witness it, then the finger points at you, the adult. So safeguarding is there not only to protect people from harm, but also to protect other people from accusation. So um, it protects the vulnerable and the innocent. And where we have a church which is obviously making every effort to be safe as possible, 
than perpetrator, perpetrators, and we will hear later today in our reading that there are people who wish ill on others, will be put off because it's not a safe place for them to do what they want to. Does that make sense? This is so important because... It's so important because we need to get it right, but it's so important because the church has historically got it wrong. But we've moved, we're moving away from there. And if anything, the church is safer now than it's ever been, sadly because of what's happened in the past, which has come to light. So everyone protects boundaries. So boundaries might be physical, they might be emotional, they might be spiritual... We need to respect people's space and we need to not put ourselves in a position where something could be misinterpreted as well as some harm could take place. So we gave the example of not being alone with the child. It relates to touch. It relates to proximity. It relates to the words that we use. It relates to a whole manner of ways in which inadvertently or by design, harm can take place. So we need to respect boundaries and if there's a place in which safeguarding gets a bad rep, it is about those boundaries. But they are so important to have in place. And vulnerabilities. Power imbalance is always in place where abuse takes place. Somebody has a greater power than, than others. And that's a very sort of complicated thing. You know, as clergy, we, you know, there's this bizarre deference towards clergy or whatever. Um, which is true, but actually some have abused that. And we might not even know it's there. In a conversation, if I'm wearing a collar and you're not, there is an imbalance in power, even if we don't recognize it consciously. So always think about, is there an imbalance in power here? So again, talking to or um, uh, praying with a child, for example, as an adult, there's an automatic imbalance in power. And so that's why we always uh, relate to the parent before we do anything with the child. And we make sure that other people are involved as well. And then reporting. If we have a concern we need to report it. We have professionals in the diocese, diocese safeguarding team. They are brilliant, they are experienced, they are level-headed, and they are hard-headed as well because they'll deal with difficult cases in the way in which it's got to take place. Um, so it's not our job to solve, to um, investigate or anything like that. We literally just say, I have a concern about this, and pass it on to the professionals, and they will then guide us. People now know that if they come to me with something around safeguarding, my first thing I'll say is phone the diocesan safeguarding team and get the advice. And they're very happy you know, if we go to them with something minor and they say, no, that's okay, you can deal with it locally, you don't need to worry about that. They'd rather have that conversation than pick up the pieces once it's a horrible mess. And so early reporting of concerns is really, really important. So everyone protects boundaries and vulnerabilities by reporting. It maybe is cheesy, but it is the essence of what we need to be, our culture needs to be, to make sure this is a safe space for everyone. Is that okay? 
Now, that may raise a number of questions for you today or later. We'd love to have kind of follow-up workshops or something like that, just so that we can continue this conversation and, and be encouraged by this. You know, it, it's, not, it's not to add, place an extra burden on everyone. It should naturally be who we are so that everyone can remain safe. Is that okay? So this will continue that work. I was going to say any questions, but we'd probably better move on. But if you do have any questions, catch me at the end. And uh, I'd love to build those questions into, into some follow-up work as well. <laughs>